all the effort in the early days went into the nuclear bomb business. There was an explosion, a hydrogen explosion at Fukushima, not a, nu a nuclear explosion, and that was con nobody died. You know, it was just nobody died, and we called this a nuclear disaster. Yeah. How we've been manipulated into thinking to some that degree. this is bad. Uh, this yeah. is a good question. Oliver Stone is a very famous director who loves sensitive subjects, just like his new documentary called Nuclear Now, about nuclear power, in a positive way. That's what we discussed together. Oh, you're back again, Eloise. Nice, I'm back. Nice to see you. It's been a long time. Thanks for having me at your house. It's very lovely. Um, so you decided to make a movie, a, a film about Nuclear. Another easy one. Another easy one. I was thinking, you know what? I read on Facebook, you were announcing it on Facebook. This is how I found out. And I thought, how do you do? You always pick those sensitive topics. <laughs> you always go for the taboo. It's, it's perhaps my interest, but yeah, I, I'm not a physicist and I'm not a scientist, but I've always been interested in physics. Mm -hmm. and, okay. You know, but as an amateur. Uh, so I was... Uh, Obviously, climate change has been the biggest issue of our time. I thought so. And I think that is still the biggest political issue of our time. And people are not thinking about it because they always put off the disasters in the future. But it doesn't look very promising unless we do something about carbon dioxide. Mm -hmm. So in the course of all these discussions, news stories, uh, I, I, there was a book that came out, uh, I think 2019. It was called A Bright Future by Josh Goldstein and a Swedish scientist uh, whose name is very difficult to pronounce. Uh, Sven was his first name. Anyway, these two, he's a, uh, Josh is a political scientist, humanitarian, and Sven is a scientist. They wrote this book, very short book, very easy to read. And it really goes into the nuclear energy issue mm. and the future. And it says, okay, we're trying very hard with all these renewables. We're trying with sun and we're trying with... with uh, Wind. Uh, I'm sorry, with sun and with... Wind. Wind. Yeah. <laughs> sun, wind. Yeah. Let's, let's, so we're trying with this. They made the point that, okay, with renewables, which are sun and wind and hydro, mm -hmm. we're trying to reach this level at 25th, by 2050, which the IP, the International Government Panel on Climate Control, has come out and said, if we don't cut our carbon emissions by 100% by 2050, it's going to be impossible to come back from. That's a shifting point. Mm -hmm. So let's take this 30-year model. That's what they said in the book. They, so they took the 30-year model and said, how do we get there? Right. How do we get rid of these CO2? And unfortunately, the graph shows that from 2000 to 2020, uh, when renewables were being pushed hard yeah. by the German government, among others, and various governments, it was discovered. Let's say renewables were discovered around the time, really discovered and pushed by the time Al Gore's film came out in 2006, was it? Yeah. The uh, Inconvenient Truth, which very powerful film. It affected people. It did. But... From 2000 to 2020, it hasn't made a difference. Mm. We built and we spent $3 trillion on, on, on renewables, putting up windmills, gigantic windmills, as big as the Eiffel Tower, putting up uh, fields and fields of solar panels. I mean, huge amounts. Yeah. It's a, they, and they produce a good energy, but they don't produce Enough. on a regular basis. Right. They're, they're subject to weather conditions. Right. And that is a real problem because when they go down, 
when they when they are not used, what do they do? They substitute gas. Cool. They all make deals with gas, mm-hmm. and gas becomes the substitute, which is fine with the oil companies because they like it. Yeah. They, that's why they say uh, renewables are our partners in the oil industry. Uh-huh. This is a very, it, it's very lucrative for them, and yeah. uh, I understand. So uh, why did you decide to make well, a the, documentary? I'm just saying these are some of the issues they raised in the book. Right. But they said this is, we've got to be realistic and practical. How do we get there? Mm-hmm. And of course, they talk about all the options, and then they go into the nuclear energy mm-hmm. option. And in so doing, they destroy for me a lot of the myths that have grown up around the fear of nuclear energy because obviously from the beginning, people, co- uh, 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 people combined the fear of bombs, nuclear bombs from World War II with the fear of nuclear energy. But as we show, that's not re- realistic because a nuclear bomb has to have enriched plutonium. I mean, that's the only way to get it made. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of enriched plutonium, up to 80%, 75 80%. Nuclear energy does not have that aspect to it. And plutonium does not play that role. Mm. So it's a whole different process of... And we solved uh, the uh, nuclear energy problem back in World War II, basically. Enrico Fermi, an Italian uh, uh, physicist at the Manhattan Project, he... He proved that you could have a chain reaction and you can control it. Mm. You can control a chain reaction, which is what a nuclear reactor is about. Mm -hmm. But all the effort in the early days went into the nuclear bomb business. Of course. Atomic bomb business. And of course, when Hiroshima happened Mm -hmm. and Nagasaki afterward, it paid off all the fears that people had. It was a horrible example of how dangerous radioactivity could be. And it was. Mm -hmm. However... After the war, as people demobilized, so to speak, Eisenhower, president of the United States, and the Russians, also separately, started to play with nuclear energy. And they both realized that it could be a huge, powerful source of the greatest energy in the world. This is the energy that that came from the supernova. This was the original energy. There are things we can do with nuclear energy we haven't even discovered yet. It's vast. Yeah. And... We're starting Eisenhower, to his credit, and it's one of the few things he did that was, I think is really worthwhile, was that he created the atomic energy. He created the idea of atoms for peace. That was his program. Yeah. And he wanted, to, and he started. And the United States started down that path, which was, and I wish we kept going because it, from 19 into the 1970s, from the 1950s, we we really built a lot of. Uh, nuclear reactors, mm-hmm. civilian nuclear reactors. Yep. The United States has a, is not a government-led. They don't. The government doesn't build. They contract out private. In private, uh, it has to be done by private industry. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Russia, it's government. Right. Rosatom oh. is a government agency, so they have more government guidance. And in this case, it's better because they, the government is more has a long term. When they set a plan, they they go through with it. The Russians actually built the first civilian atomic reactor, and, uh, and it, it operated successfully for 60 years. The United States then built good stuff, great stuff, Westinghouse, General Electric, mm-hmm. and built it about uh, several hundred uh, reactors in the United States. Okay. 
Are they still and working? They built into the 1970s, and then they stopped building in the 1980s because of various acts. The accident at uh, Three Mile Island, nothing happened. Nobody died. Everything worked. The, the reactor contained all the uh, radiation. There was nobody died from it. But the panic was enormous. Mm -hmm. The film came out. Three Mile, uh, the uh, China Syndrome was out at the same time. Yeah. One thing kicks off into the other. Right. And then when... Uh, Chernobyl happened, which was the worst accident in the nuclear business ever yeah. in 1986. Uh, that was another sign that, was a, that this was a very accident-prone industry, which it uh -huh. was not. And we go into the charts and the figures, and we show the accidents that happened in the nuclear industry versus the oil industry versus the coal industry versus gas industry, and there's no comparison. Exactly. There's no comparison on the amount of incidents mm -hmm. and deaths. Exactly. The lowest... The lowest on the scale is nuclear. Yeah. Uh, 50, uh, 50 people roughly died at Chernobyl from the original exposure to radiation. They were poorly trained and they poorly equipped. And the, 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 the reactor itself was not built correctly. Mm -hmm. It did not have the right containment structure. So uh, it is over, let's say, the, uh, the Chernobyl reaction was magnified, even tripli tripled by the recent uh, HBO effort, which was a, a horror movie. The fiction, right? It's, it's fiction, yeah. and we go into that issue in the film. Yeah. We talk to the Russian scientists mm -hmm. and what really happened there. Mm -hmm. They Years call it the human factor. But by Chernobyl was the end of it, really. It, mm -hmm. it lost steam, except in countries like Russia and China, yeah. which built, continued to build because they knew the truth. <laughs> uh, and the truth, before I go into that, I just want to say there was an, the final accident, the, 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 uh, the cap on the gravestone was uh, at uh, Fukushima, which is another interesting story because that accident has also been over-publicized uh, over and overreacted to. Called at, a nuclear at Fukushima, disaster. nobody died, and we go into why, mm -hmm. because the radiation was contained. Mm -hmm. The only problem at Fukushima was there was a major tsunami of killed 18,000 people in the same area, right. and the, uh, not one single case of radiation poisoning is not found. One. Not one. And that was an explosion in the, there was an explosion, a hydrogen explosion at Fukushima, not a, nu a nuclear explosion, oh. and that was, con uh, nobody died, you know, it was just, Nobody died, and we call this a nuclear disaster. Yeah. But by that time, Japan canceled all its nuclear, Japan had been building since the 1980s, so they canceled all their reactors. Mm -hmm. And they still, to this day, have put up only about, I think, 10 of them of the 25 or 6 are, are working. Mm -hmm. In other words, they, they pulled out. They, Japan and Korea, one thing after another, Germany was a big pullout. And they, they tore down their nuclear reactors, tore them down, and substituted coal. And, uh, which is not better. On top of, you know. Which, yeah. uh, and of course, the figures are horrible for Germany compared to France. France is the, built, is the only progressive country in Europe, except for Sweden, that really built in the 1970s because of Charles de Gaulle. They built 70% 70, uh, 70 of their energy, of their electricity, comes from nuclear. Not anymore, right? They had 54 reactors they built. Wow. Oh, yeah. Now they still do. They still keep it up. Okay. Oh, no. They, made, they never went back to oil. Good. Which is great. Yeah. And uh, there is gas, some gas, but uh, most of it in France is, is uh, nuclear energy. 
And it works. And they have some renewables too. Right. And it works. It's been working since 1970s. Yeah. Uh, this is what's crazy. America doesn't even pay attention. Sweden did the same thing. They built seven or eight reactors in uh, the 70s and beautifully run. They ran for years. And until the green governments came in, the green parties in these countries, mm -hmm. that's when it started to... Change. The Green Party is very political and environmental conscious. And the Green Party is good. I mean, I like the envir environmentally conscious, but they ignored the facts. And they combined, they, they saw nuclear energy as a threat. Right. As opposed to a nuclear bomb, which is a threat. So they misstated, for many people, mm -hmm. the basis. And we go into this in the film. It's very important to realize... How we've been manipulated into thinking to some that degree. this is bad. Uh, yeah. This is a good question, because yeah. in 1950. Seven, when the Rockefeller Foundation came out with a report that was weighted, you know, it was scaled and it declared that any amount, an iota of radiation was dangerous. So even yeah. the sun is dangerous, basically. Everything. The sun everything. is dangerous. Everything. Yeah. And as you know, we go into the, what radiation does. Radiation is a positive. It warms the planet. It's, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it keeps us safe, too. It keeps the planet safe. Mm -hmm. And it, overall... Uh, low levels of radiation are everywhere. They're in your in your, uh, your background radiation. They're in your in granite. They're in uh, if you live at a high altitude, it's more there's more radiation. And smoking, uh, dentistry. Dentistry is a huge a huge contribution to airports to radiation. What airports? When we uh... yeah airports <laughs> and uh, even the smoking uh, smoking. Uh, I was there was another funny one. Uh, my daughter was telling me, uh, she's become an expert on this too. Uh, uh, a banana. Banana has low levels of radiation. Really? Yeah, it's every banana you Interesting. eat. Interesting. But we, and in Brazil and various places, they go to these, they go to beaches where they lie in the sun and special beaches where there's more radiation and they're in the, in the sand. Mm -hmm. And they, 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 radiation is helpful with cancers. To a certain degree, low-level radiation is a very good thing. So what about this uh, report? Rockefeller brought Well, the Rockefeller report. report comes out, and it's, of course, because the New York Times, the publisher of the New York Times is on the foundation's board. They give it a tremendous write-up and continuation of that fear factor. The right. Radiation, radiation, you hear about it. All the mothers get upset. The, uh, you, horror stories abound, and through the years... Uh, there's this uh, fear of radiation compounded by the accident at Chernobyl and mm -hmm. Three Mile Island and Fukushima. And Jane Fonda gets on the, and Ralph Nader, only the, uh, the usual suspects. And they, they care about the environment. They, yeah. And I, can see, I was scared of it. I, yeah, didn't know, I didn't know any better. You say that in the documentary. Uh, but I, I've educated myself since mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. And they're still around. These people, they're older people, and they always tell you, well, but it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course, it's dangerous if you go to high levels of radiation. But none of their fears have, have really magnified and justif been justified by what re reality. Right. So as a result, we punished ourselves and limited ourselves. We could have built the whole country. Mm -hmm. Could have had, let's, let's say, if the United States had gone up to, like, France, 70% of its electricity came from... Uh, nuclear. nuclear. We'd be in great shape today. We wouldn't even be talking about this issue, and we w and it's not even. It's the issue wasn't even talked about enough. I mean, this is really in front of us now. Right. The amount of electricity we are going to need in the United States is enormous. 
but not just the United States. And we go into the whole world in our film. We deal with China, we deal with Russia, we deal with India, Eurasia, we deal with South America, there's Africa. The amounts of like most of the world still needs to be electrified. I mean, that means industry, transportation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the job ahead of us is enormous. We estimate two to five times the amount of electricity we use now will be necessary for the world. The United States is in better shape, but most countries don't have the electrification yeah. that we have. But, so we have to deal with the problem, and that's what the book is about yeah. and the movie is about. Yeah. So we're trying to give the, the, uh, the audience a worldview of where we are now mm-hmm. and where we have to be to meet the IPCC, the IPPC standards, mm-hmm. International Panel on Climate Control, IPCC, I'm sorry. The international government. These are, it's a valid scientific organization. Do you, do you think that America is ready to have this conversation? No, no, and we've, <laughs> again, I mean, it's like JFK, you can't, you don't raise it. I mean, I don't care about that. I'm, I raise things that, you know, may bother you, But mm-hmm. it's really necessary yeah, to rethink job. nuclear and rethink quickly and yeah. build quickly. Now, n- nuclear has changed too. It's gotten better and better because the more you do something in industry, the better you get at it. Yeah. It's cleaner, it's safer. Uh, the plants and the, the reactors are smaller. If you, if, the, if, if you want to go to smaller reactors, we still need the big ones because they do a lot of work. The Russians are building great big stuff mm-hmm. and stuff that burns its, burns its own waste. Let's talk about the nuclear waste, though. Pre-reactors. Pre- to, to me, when I think about nuclear, yeah. I think about the waste. And I think yeah. this is like a no solution. Waste is not, radioactive, radioactive uh, uh, nuclear waste has not killed anybody, mm-hmm. as far as we know, in the whole world yet. So again, this is another myth that's grown into fear. Right. Now there is, we store, uh, the amount of waste is very small. What the United States has used in 70 years, we can store in a Walmart, one Walmart. People don't realize how small it is, but we, we supervise it. We, we, mm-hmm. we put it in, in caskets, in cement caskets. We, underground? Eventually underground. Mm-hmm. We put it in water first. Okay. Because water uh, uh, takes, takes the radiation out of it. Water is the best conductor of, of radiation. Very good job of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the sea is a good thing too, you know? Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, the sea is going to get contaminated, but we don't have any. Ex- Again, this is a fear that it doesn't happen that way because that's water eats away at it. Mm-hmm. Radioactivity itself is short-lived. The curve drops off very quickly, much more faster than uh, oil and gas products. Yeah. So, uh, and by the way, you can include, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, sun, the, uh, what do they call them, reflectors. The, the uh, panels. panels? Yes, I'm sorry. No worries. Including the sun panels, they, they don't uh, decay Uh, they decay much slower right. than, than uh, radiation. Mm. So we have all these facts come out, and what we have to do now is basically build as fast as we can, like an, like an airline industry, where you have to stamp out reactors of all kinds. Ideally, you know, a country sticks to one design because it makes it better. That's what the Japanese and the Koreans did, and, they, and the Chinese, they built cheaper. Mm. The United States, because we had no government supervision, We built all kinds of reactors. Right. We're an innovative country. Mm-hmm. Our scientists are amazing. I went out to the Idaho lab and mm-hmm. we saw some of the new designs. Yes, but they're all different. But one of them is going to be, I hope, is going to be a hit mm-hmm. and be, be adapted. Yeah. 
once the utility companies adapt this at a price, and it has to be cheap enough to compete with oil and coal, mm -hmm. it has to. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, and that's the truth of it. It's just a, it's a capitalist economy. It is, yeah. But if it's, it's true that it can compete. It can compete. We can make cheap electricity. That's what France has done. And it's cheap. That's the good news. Very about cheap. It. Yeah, very cheap. Very cheap. You can make, you could, once you get into the electricity, electrification business, you have so many things that are happening. For example, once you use the heat from nuclear to, to uh, create the heat that the, the nuclear creates, and you can funnel it into hydrogen products, mm. which would, with hydrogen combined with CO2, can make liquid fuels right. that would transport planes mm. uh, that would. Uh, The uses uh, fertilizer, you can, you can use it to make concrete, steel, all without CO2 exhaust. Wow. So, so it brings a lot of solution to the, the table. Enormous amount of solution. Yeah. So we need and, to talk and, about but it But you worldwide. need the heat. You need heat to go forward. Now, some people talk about hydrogen as if you don't need nuclear, but uh -huh. that's not, you're going a lot faster with nuclear. Yeah. Um, you talk about global warming a lot in your documentary, and I like how you say there are a lot, there's a lot of division around it. A lot, people call it a hoax, and some people say we're going to die tomorrow morning. Where do you stand on the global well, Of course, I, I, I go with the scientists. It's clear that the IPCC is what I believe, mm -hmm. you know, the Climate Control Panel. Mm -hmm. it's, quite, it's a large body of scientists. And right. They've been saying this, and they were right. They put this out in the 1980s. James Hansen, who's endorsed our movie, says it's, one of, it's got more information than any movie Uh, James Hansen was, in 1988, brought attention to global warning. Mm. And what they said in the, uh, in the 1980s has come through in the 19, 2000s. We've seen it. We've seen the, the graphs, the curves, and we know where it's going. So there, there's no reason not to believe them. They're, what they're predicting for 2050 is, is very dangerous. So you are worried for our future? I'm worried. What else would I spend two years making this movie? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I want people to... Uh, the hoax thing is... Donald Trump, but those people are ignorant, but they're not following the science. Right. This is crucial that we have to, we have to get serious about solving our, and this whole problem would not have existed if there had not been a fear of uh, radiation. Exactly, and how do you, well, of course your documentary helps. And waste. Helps, yeah, of the waste. Um, I feel like I'm not as fearful as I was before because I started educating myself and your documentary, documentary helps. But how will you, because the conversation... I sent it to you, right? Yeah, I did watch it. Um, so how, what we see in the documentary, the world seems to have the conversation about nuclear. But here, it's like we're not at the, at the same place. So what's, how, what, what's it going to take? So we can, of course, the documentary That's, will help. Uh, this is like, it's like, what does it take? It takes public, pub, uh, it takes marketing, I guess, publicity, right. all those things. You Influencers? Have to I, ideally, the film will be seen everywhere. You know, that hopefully. would be the ideal. Yeah, hopefully. And discussed. And people should be reassured about things that they don't know about. They, they, they believe, people tend to believe the worst of everything. Well, you say, you say in the, at the beginning of the documentary, you say there's nothing to, uh, Marie Curie said, there's nothing to fear, only things to understand. Yes. And Marie, I feel like that's Marie it. Marie Curie is the patron saint of, of nuclear. Exactly. She discovered... Uh, radioactivity. Yeah. And she saw its benefits. She saw its benefits. Yeah, and that was a while ago. It's a woman. Another woman was Lise, Be Lise Meitner. 
1937 uh, discussed uh, theoretically the chain reaction idea. Hmm. So women played a huge role in this. And yeah, where to go? <laughs> women should be really on the forefront. They're not, they're the most scared of nuclear. Men tend to be accepted more mm. in America anyway. But women should be on the forefront because this is really going to ensure your babies are going to make it into the future. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, thanks for doing this for my baby and all the babies in the world. And uh, thanks for the impact you're having. And thanks for having me. Thank you very much, Eloise. Thank